Remote Hacks podcast on a remote hack day. Welcome to episode 68. Oh, uh, 68. Yeah, 68. Uh, this is the episode uh, where we talk about uh, some some stuff. And on the call, we've got Ryan, Hugh, and myself, uh, Ben. Hey, so welcome, everyone. Hello. 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 Um, so, Ryan, you had a question. Do you want to lay it down again? Yeah, when we were chatting earlier this morning, uh, Ben, you said something about uh, working in DevRel as a developer advocate um, changed the way you approach other things that you've done since then. Uh, and I was interested to hear what those things were and, and how it affected you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, in DevRel for a, a, a year. And uh, I think in that time, uh, so the for for me, it's just like uh, I, I was a developer um, before that and, and during it. But um, with my DevRel role, I was more in direct contact with our, our users who happen to be developers. And I think that gave me a better kind of understanding of how important it is to have the end user of your products in the loop and, and be in contact with them. Because I think prior to that, I think I'd, I'd kind of worked a bit in isolation, like I'm building this bit of code, but not necessarily what it's it's doing. And yeah, I think that's that's what I kind of like meant by that. And I think that that thing is kind of carried through quite a lot for me. So like the, the industry that I work in just now, uh, I'm working with a fleet of cars um, and like doing web stuff to do with that. But we have in our office, I can, I can go from my desk and I can walk down the stairs and I'll be in the workshop and I can sit in the car and drive out using our software. And that kind of like being able to link us with what we're actually physically trying to achieve is a, is a game changer for me. Cause it kind of like, um, I feel like, when you're connected with the, the larger mission of what you're trying to do, uh, it it kind of makes it more meaning. It makes it easier to kind of get motivated to to, to fix it. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I I particularly like that idea of working with something tangible. You know, so many mm. certainly with the stuff that I work on, ninety nine percent of the time you're affecting things that are on a computer screen. You very rarely yeah. get to interact with the real world and we were chatting to joe earlier about cell panels and things and it's like yeah yeah interacting with technology yeah and i think like because is i think as a developer it's really easy to kind of get inward on yourself and like to care about tabs versus spaces or what what library you're using or or kind of uh, all that kind of stuff and it, it's very easy to kind of like think that is what your job is where actually you're you're fulfilling uh, a bigger picture uh, and i think yeah um, working working with like end users or developers really kind of help helps with that. Um, Hugh, how would you would you what what, what would your views be on this? <laughs> have you have you kind of had any kind of similar feelings or different? Yes, feelings? I absolutely agree. So with as working as a developer, I've had times where it's easy to sort of get caught up in you know what the best library is or what you know programming paradigm is the right approach for now uh, or like for for a, a given project and you know what lint rules do we need turned on and then as a developer advocate i think uh yeah like you said it really helps you focus on what the actual experience is for the 
uh, person using whatever you're working on. So to go more into that as a, on like a developer perspective, the core skill, in my opinion, uh, for a developer advocate is empathy. So really being able to put yourself in the shoes of the developer who's using your system. So if you're uh, a developer ad advocate for like a platform, that means you're uh, reviewing the developer experience. So you're looking at how do people actually build things with this API or with this SDK or, you know, using this tool that we make or, or whatever it is. And you're really looking into the day-to-day -day experience of that and trying to, trying to like put yourself in their shoes, understanding where the problems are that they're having with your system and then taking that feedback and bringing it back to your product team to your engineering team or like to yourself if you as a developer advocate are also contributing to product development and addressing those needs that uh you know may have been missed or underserved before you've had that direct work with the customer so that sort of empathy skill there in my opinion also really carries over to when you go from being a developer advocate back to being a developer so i have jumped in and out of developer relations for seven eight years more maybe uh, depending on you know whether you can't university hackathon stuff yeah. uh, etc and yeah jumping back into a developer role after having been a developer advocate it gives you a better understanding of so when you were a developer you're working on hopefully on a team with with other developers and you can treat your own code and your own like design as a platform that you that the rest of your team ends up working on so that developer experience work really or the developer experience experience <laughs> comes up in in your day-to-day -day writing code so you you might say you know i have picked up this ticket to implement this you know api on my system to support whatever it is you know you could go down the route of just you know i know the domain here i'm going to just implement an api i don't need to think about the consistency with the rest of the API, I'm just going to make it work. But as a developer advocate, I found that you have to, it, you, it's just sort of ingrained in you at that point to start thinking about how are my colleagues going to be able to use my code? Is the documentation clear enough? Is the code simple enough? Is the API simple enough? If you work on a team that provides maybe an internal platform or an internal API, you can reuse all those skills again. You can use the skills of, you know, direct one-on-one -on -one user research with your colleagues, right? You can do the pair programming and, and speak to them and ask them, you know, how, how does this way of handling pagination work for you? Does it meet or do, is it consistent with the rest of, of the APIs that you've been using? Yeah, so that sort of focus on developer experience can really serve you as a developer after you've been a developer advocate, I think. Yeah, I, I love that shout out to, to empathy. Like, and I think that's, it, like, is such a, a, a generally important skill. And it's cool that that's actually, I think in, in uh, developer relations, that's something that is a bit more kind of well articulated and almost uh, able to be, have metrics attached to or something. <laughs> Whereas like, I, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I I think 
when you're when you're writing something like and even like as with api interfaces like that is basically you're trying to have empathy with the person who is who is using that <laughs> um, and i think that's often like overlooked um i think ryan and i we went to i remember we went to a talk once it was about empathy in in web development or something i remember in london in the excel uh i it was yeah i i, I really enjoyed that as a, as a as a topic but uh yeah cool uh right does that answer answer your kind of question it does it's um i find it really interesting because i've been working in government for a few years and uh, we've got the like the service standard that says you should put users first and there's been a big push to kind of improve user research and get user research into service design in government because that didn't happen for a long time in the past um and one of the questions that keeps on coming up is like how multidisciplinary should a team be? Like, do you want a dedicated product manager if you're building something that's just an API? Um, should you have user researchers? And like, how do you split these people? Do you have one user research over many projects? And I, I wonder if it's maybe missing the point a little because what you both said about the kind of doing DevRel and then effectively you're doing a little bit of user research, like you're kind of that whole idea of empathy and thinking about the user, not just being a, I guess, a factory line developer churning out code. It feels a bit more rounded and a bit, maybe a bit neater. Maybe I'm, I'm just putting, yeah. putting ideas into your mouths. But... I absolutely agree with that. I think it's too easy to sort of treat developers as, you know, the people who take the tickets and turn them into code and are not interested in what the actual experience of the people using that code is. I think developers are really interested in the developer experience and the user experience. I, I think isolating that work away from them and having, you know, job descriptions where where there are where that's separate, it's not great for developers necessarily. I think letting developers get into and and providing the support and training of course also for developers to get into the uh user research things i i totally see how developers might think oh i don't know how to do a user research session i haven't been formally trained on that uh i think that's not a great um like reason for developers to say, okay, we're going to divest ourselves of, of caring about the experience and we're going to hire someone else in. I think empowering developers to participate in that, at least if not also sort of run user research and do the one-on-one pair programming, even with, with customers. Yeah. I, th I think that's something that developer like, I think that's something that developers should be empowered to do. And when it's the same person writing the code and understanding the user's need, you end up with a, a great overall result. Oh, I had something else as well that I forgot. But I was... <laughs> oh, well. I think that was, that was a pretty good point, all of it, so. <laughs> um, another random thing that I think is is quite a good skill to to take forward as well is like, is the the importance of sharing stuff. Um, so like, I think in that year I did a bunch of like presentations and stuff like that, but then also kind of helped me try and articulate ideas that would be sellable to, to people. So like, kind of like, like, this is, this is 
this is why you should be using this API. And it's like, I think that has actually been quite a relevant thing um, in in my subsequent roles uh, where I've, if we've created something that we want other developers to make use of or, or something like that, like it's, it's almost like you're, you're kind of ship something internally into a company. And I think, uh, yeah, that, I think having that confidence as, as really, I found it quite useful and like, um, yeah, and, and you sort of kind of help other people kind of share ideas more widely uh, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just this thing where you've written your code, you've published it to to main branch, and that's it. <laughs> you know, like you need to yeah. kind of engage with people and, and kind of make make it have a, a social side as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that. Yeah, to to um, agree with that, I, I think a lot of public-facing companies, companies who have like public-facing APIs and developer relations teams, they put a lot of effort into marketing their APIs, Um, whether it's, you know, billboards and ads, conference talks, uh, making sure that the API documentation is really good, (laughs) like a lot of companies like Stripe and, you know, all sorts, making sure that that developer experience is good. They do that because it uh, makes their customers more successful and that's not something that should only happen for companies where the where it's a public api that is also very relevant to teams who have internal apis right if teams are building features that are going to be consumed by other parts of the same company the you know marketing is maybe the wrong word but uh the sort of present the way that api is presented or the way that technical solution is presented to the other parts of the company if it is just sort of a readme and get in the internal github instance or whatever the team is probably missing out on an opportunity to improve the reputation of their own team i think like if an internal team gets a reputation for having a really good developer experience that puts them you know in the 95th percentile of sort of internal products i would say (laughs) yeah 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 i agree completely um yeah, I really, marketing and sales always feels like such a, like we associate it with a dirty term, don't we? It's like, oh, you shouldn't shouldn't be doing that because it's just about making money. But actually, it's all about convincing people that they want to use your thing so much that they'll give you money. Mm. And you, you do need to do that internally. Like the idea that uh, you can build a great thing and that humans and politics and all the psychology behind it just goes away. Uh, I, I don't think that that works, and I've seen plenty of really good initiatives fail in larger organisations just because there, there wasn't wider buy-in from it, and that yeah. that sales, right? Yeah, I, I think we talked a little bit about this in the past, in the last um, DevRel podcast that we had, where thinking about developer relations as marketing, it is marketing really, and people. You know, in, in the developer relations community, there's this ongoing debate about like, who do developers like to be marketed at? Probably not. They, you know, see developer advocates who've paid to come to the conference and they don't you know, engage because it's marketing. Ooh, bad marketing. But I think there's so much different like practices that are covered under marketing that it's such a broad thing to to talk about as if it's one thing right marketing uh so the way you present your api is marketing the api design is marketing right Mm -hmm. if the api is really hard to use the 
it, it's it's poorly marketed. It doesn't take into account its customer uh, properly, and it's it's not going to give a good experience. All the way to you know invasive internet ads are also marketing, <laughs> and you know I I don't think people should do those. It's certainly not for internal like platforms. That doesn't make much sense. But um, there's just so much uh, breadth in that field that like some of it is relevant other parts are are not appropriate or not relevant and to some extent everything is going to need to do some marketing like all, all, all developer platforms are going to need to do some marketing if it's like writing in a readme that that is also marketing uh, it's present it's presenting your product in a way that makes it look as if you know someone wrote in a readme and doesn't really care about the developer experience that much for what it's worth, I love the idea of super targeted Facebook ads for internal services. <laughs> Maybe they do that at Facebook. Who knows? <laughs> I remember once we had, uh, we did make posters back in the days when I worked in an office, but we had some internal APIs and there was a hack week that was coming up, a company-wide hack week where all the, uh, not just engineers, but the whole company were able to say, you know, to this week we're not working on our usual thing. We have our own ideas and we're going to implement them. Uh, and because I was on the SDK team or in, in the SDK department as a developer advocate, we wanted to, you know, try and understand internal usage of, of our APIs and SDKs. Uh, so we made posters and we, we sort of, we opened a Slack channel, an internal Slack channel to take feedback from from people and to like be able to answer questions we ran talks in the various offices i think one year we actually went to like we, we had a few developer advocates and i think one year we actually sent some to the new york office to <laughs> to do the training there and then someone was in london i think i went to london one year and we had someone in stockholm doing these talks and really doing the developer relations thing so yeah it's very useful for for internal stuff and you know whether there's a developer advocate or not if you're on an internal team making an internal api or sdk and you don't have a developer advocate those practices are still useful to you uh, and you can do them yourself you don't have to wait to hire you know a developer advocate there's a lot of resources about how to yeah how, how to use those techniques that are available there's developerrelations.com which has a bunch of talks uh, about all sorts of DevRel practices. So it's it's a toolbox and it's there and it's useful. <laughs> it's um, I, Recently, I've been talking quite a bit about uh, security and DevOps and accessibility and whether they uh, are bespoke roles or whether they're like things that a T-shaped developer might have. And, you know, you might be particularly good at security and an okay developer, you might be particularly good at DevOps, but you kind of have an understanding about everything. Um, and it feels like I've got another thing to add to that. Like actually developer advocacy is maybe one of those kind of core competencies that you, you want to build as you progress your career. Yeah, I think so. And developer advocacy is such a broad role that there are, uh, there are all kinds of different techniques that you can pull in and avail yourself of as a developer um, like you know from documentation and developer experience stuff to working directly with your customers 
to more the marketing side. Um, a lot of developers do, you know, give talks about their their product that they're working on internally, and they don't necessarily see that as developer advocacy. But you know, it's it can be. <laughs> right. I think this may be in the running for the longest air quotes podcast we've done to date. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, it's been really good chat, though. Uh, good question. Thanks so much. Yeah, Great thank you for joining us. Uh, that means it's time for Ben to hum the exit tune again. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Air quotes, podcast, air quotes. Boop, boop. Does that do it?